You're listening to the St. John's Diamond Creek Podcast. This episode presented by Associate Minister Joel Snibson. Hi everyone, my name is David and I'm a volunteer here at St. John's. Today I'll be bringing you the Bible reading from John 10, 1 to 18. The Good Shepherd and His Sheep Very truly I tell you Pharisees, anyone who does not enter the sheep pen by the gate but climbs in by some other way is a thief and a robber. The one who enters by the gate is the shepherd of the sheep. The gatekeeper opens the gate for him and the sheep listen to his voice. He calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought out all his own, he goes on ahead of them, and his sheep follow because they know his voice. But they will never follow a stranger. In fact, they will run away from him because they do not recognize a stranger's voice. Jesus used this figure of speech, but the Pharisees did not understand what he was telling them. Therefore Jesus said again, Very truly I tell you, I am the gate for the sheep. All who have come before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep have not listened to them. I am the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved. They will come in and go out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I have come that they may have life and live it to the full. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. The hired hand is not the shepherd and does not own the sheep. So when he sees the wolf coming, he abandons the sheep and runs away. Then the wolf attacks the flock and scatters it. The man runs away because he is a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep and my sheep know me just as the Father knows me, and I know the Father. And I lay down my life for the sheep. I have other sheep that are not part of this sheep pen. I must bring them also. They too will listen to my voice, and there shall be one flock and one shepherd. The reason my Father loves me is that I lay down my life, only to take it up again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down of my own accord. I have authority to lay it down and authority to take it up again. This command I received from my Father. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Well, hi, St. John's. Let's pray. Lord, this Palm Sunday, may we look to you, our King. May we not be fickle like the crowds. May our lives be devoted to you faithfully. And I pray, Lord, that as we open your word, that you'll help us apply it to our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, have you ever sung to your pets? (laughs) Let me explain. We have two cats. One's called Bella. The other's called Charlie. This is Charlie. He's on the screen. He's a special cat. Uh, He's anxious. The vets told us to actually put him on some anti-anxiety medication because he walks around the house crying if he can't hear us. So what my wife Adele would do each morning is she'd call him over, Charlie, come over, and you'd run to her and you'd, she'd sing to him every morning, you are my sunshine, you know the song. 
So he would lie in her arms and he'd be purring, his whole little furry body vibrating. If you're a cat owner, you know what I'm talking about. You might think we're completely nuts. But the thing is, if you're a pet owner, you'll know that you have a special intimacy with your pet. They know our voice. They know our unique smell. They see us going to the toilet at 3 a.m., our hair completely disheveled. They enjoyed spending 24 hours with us in lockdown. They uh, joined us in our Zoom calls. They've seen our best and our worst, and they love us anyway because they know us and we care for them. Well, we are continuing today in our series of, about the Good Shepherd. And today we are in John chapter 10, where this Good Shepherd theme song reaches its crescendo, it reaches its climax particularly as we encounter this good shepherd's intimacy and care that he has for his sheep. This parable can be a bit confusing, um, so I'll just explain it a bit of the context for us. In verses 1 to 6, Jesus is setting the scene, as the NIV translation says, in a sheep pen. This word's actually not very helpful. A better translation is courtyard. See, Jesus is setting the stage not in the open countryside. He's setting the stage in a Jewish village. Houses in these villages would have these like backyards, these courtyards where the sheep would be kept overnight. And the walls were high. They were over six feet tall. And most families only owned a few sheep, so it didn't warrant having their own personal shepherd. So several households, they'll get together and they'll employ one shepherd between all the houses, a bit like a co-op. And usually the shepherd would be one of the sons of one of the families in the village, but when he was busy, if he couldn't do it, they would employ a hired hand. So each morning, the shepherd would go out and he would take the sheep out to graze in the open countryside. So what he'd do, he'd go house to house where he would be known by the doorkeeper or the gatekeeper who would let them in to call out the sheep. And the sheep, knowing the shepherd's voice, would follow the sheep out to graze with him. But from verse 1, Jesus describes a real threat. There's these thieves and robbers climbing over this six-foot wall to access the sheep. See, if the doorman does not let them in, they're kind of not supposed to be there. This is not the shepherd accessing them. See, the ones who had jumped the wall represented Israel's past kings. We saw this back in Ezekiel 34 and Jeremiah 23, where we heard this good shepherd theme song go bad, go completely off tune. See, Israel's kings failed to care for these sheep. In fact, they oppressed them and scattered them instead. And as we see in verse 5, when the sheep encounter a stranger's voice, what do they do? They run away. See, the sheep here only recognize the real shepherd because verse 2, he goes through the door. And verses 3 and 4, because they know his voice. Jesus is saying that he is God's shepherd, known by his sheep's voice. As we think about shepherds in general, let's think about Australian Shepherds, what do we think of? We think of the shepherd at a distance on his motorbike or on her tractor, and they're on these well-irrigated paddocks, 
and they've got these sheep dogs chasing them, nipping at their heels, barking at them to do what the shepherd wants. This is not what Jesus is talking about here. See, our shepherd intimately knows his sheep. Jesus is describing Middle Eastern shepherds who are very different to Australian shepherds. And to this day, they're famous for their great devotion and care for their sheep. They have dedicated calls for them. They sing to them. And even if their sheep are mixed among other flocks of sheep, if they do their specific call or sing their specific song, their sheep will come out from them to the shepherd and follow them. It's quite remarkable. And I want us to notice the intimate language in this passage, verse 3. He calls out his own sheep. Verse 4, he has brought out all his own. See, they respond to the shepherd's voice because they belong to him. See, in our passage, we are the sheep. And sometimes we kind of think of God being like an Australian shepherd, not personal, at a distance, having a dog barking at our heels when we stuff up. But Jesus gives us a different picture. Look to verse 4. When he has brought out all his own, he goes ahead of them, and his sheep follow him because they know his voice. Do you notice that the sheep willingly follow the shepherd because they trust him and they personally know him? See, we might think of sheep in a paddock with those plastic tags on their ears with a serial number identifying them. They're all the same, a bit like clones. But notice the personal nature of this care. The shepherd's care for his sheep is very personal. Verse 3, he calls out his own sheep by name. He knows their personality. He knows their individual quirks. Friends, if you are checking out Christianity for the first time, know that it is not about an impersonal set of doctrines or beliefs. The most wonderful thing about following Jesus is that we are intimately known and loved by God. He is the one that looks beneath the surface and knows who we really are. He sees our unique hopes, our joys, our struggles, our fears, and loves us just the same. See, in our culture, personal identity is determined by discovering ourselves about looking within. This is a lot of pressure. It's easy to lose our way. We can change our mind. It can be terrifying or lonely, but Following Jesus, our identity is determined by who we belong to, the Good Shepherd. This is such wonderful news because like sheep, we're relational. We be- if we belong to Jesus through the Holy Spirit, we're made his family. We're adopted as sons and daughters. We belong to the King. If you remember the classic movie Toy Story 1 quite a few years ago, now, but you know the story where the toys come alive when Andy the kid is not watching or is asleep? And think of that moment when Woody, the cowboy, he's feeling all down, he's in the dumps because Buzz Lightyear has come on the scene and he's so much cooler and he's got better features. But there's this pivotal moment when, when Woody looks down and he looks at the bottom of his cowboy boot and the words Andy 
is written there. It's a moment where he remembers who he belongs to. He knows his identity and it gives him purpose and courage. Friends, in our uncertain, in our rapidly changing world, there is a great safety and security and a deep joy in knowing who we belong to, our good shepherd. See, this shepherd is the only way to life. From verse 7, now Jesus zooms out of the village and zooms into the open country where the shepherd takes the sheep to graze. See, this was not a well-irrigated farm, was it? This, as we heard last week, was open wilderness. It was the desert. See, we shouldn't confuse the shepherd's intimate love and care for his sheep as the job being cute. In fact, it was quite dangerous. There was many dangers in the desert, like heat during the day, cold during the night, dangerous rocky terrain. There was cliff faces that dropped thousands of feet without any notice, not to mention the predators like wolves and lions and bandits to steal the sheep as well. And this shepherd would stand in the way and would take the danger on behalf of his flock. And as we've seen, these dangers have represented God, what God's people had gone through. Look to verse 8. All who have gone before me are thieves and robbers. So we've seen that these thieves and robbers were Israel's kings who didn't care about the sheep. They only cared about themselves and allowed them to be devoured in the desert. But these dangers weren't only historical. These dangers weren't only before, but they were actually very real in Jesus' day as well. They had their Jewish leader called Herod, and he had completely sold them out to the Romans. He was only in it for his own power and wealth. He was completely unjust, and he only cared about himself. So as we heard a bit last week about the people wanted a revolution, the people wanted to overthrow him, and many Jewish leaders had unsuccessfully attempted at overthrowing the Roman Empire. See, spiritually, God's people were scattered. They were in the open desert. They were wounded, preyed upon by the very people who were meant to care for them. They were a sheep without a shepherd. But last week... We heard that there was notes in this theme song where the good shepherd brings his sheep out from the desert and brings them into the promised land. Look to verses 9 and 10. I am the gate. Whoever enters through me will be saved. They will come in and go out and find pasture. See, Jesus here calls himself the gate. What does he mean? Well, if you look at the graphic on the screen, we see in the open country, in the desert, there was these stone wall enclosures built. They were not square like they are in this, fo- this graphic. They're actually round. And they're still used today in the Judean deserts. See, as you can see, the sheep are kept safe as long as the entrance is secured by the shepherd as he lay across the door. In the summer months, he would actually stay overnight with them and he would sleep in the doorway. Jesus is saying that he's the shepherd that acts as the door to save his sheep from danger and bring them to the abundant pasture. 
in verse 7, Jesus says, Very truly, I tell you, I am the gate for the sheep. He says it again. And when Jesus says, very truly, we're to take note. We're to pick, pick our ears up to see what he's saying. Jesus is highlighting that he alone is the way to salvation and the full life. In verse 9, we see his emphasis. In verse 9, it's not about who enters. Anyone can enter. His emphasis is how to enter. It's only through him, only through him as the door. Later in John, Jesus says these words, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to me, to the Father, sorry, except through me. Jesus is saying all the other options, all the other ways to the abundant life is a sham, a scam from thieves and robbers. The thief comes to steal, kill and destroy, and I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. See, only with Jesus, his intimate care for his sheep in Psalm 23 becomes real for us where we can say, I lack nothing where we can say he makes me lie down in green pastures, where we can say he guides me on right paths, where we can say that even in the darkest valleys, he prepares a table in the presence of my enemies. Have you known this for yourself? See, in this passage, Jesus clearly warns about false shepherds, robbers and thieves who harm the sheep. Earlier in our series, we have seen the the failure of spiritual leaders, those who have drawn people away from the voice of the Good Shepherd, who have scattered and wounded those who God loves. See, we can be distracted by other voices. And my question is, in our daily lives, does it show that we believe that Jesus alone is the door to the full life? See, in our passage in verse 6, we see that the Pharisees do not understand what Jesus is talking about here. And this was not an intellectual problem. It was a belief problem. See, we might be a follower of Jesus. We might know salvation. We're in the, the safety of the enclosure. But sometimes we wander off to other voices, don't we? See, the problem is, unlike these sheep, we don't run when we hear these other voices. See, living in our world is like a desert. We should be aware of our dangers of following these other voices. Whether it's friends' opinions or whether it's media or political podcasts or the values promoted in the TV shows that we're streaming or idolising things like sport or other things as well, we can easily be seduced by these other voices particularly in our divided world where we're living in these online echo chambers where people believe and like all the same things, these dangers have become greater for us. What voices do we go to for safety when we face danger? There's also the voice within us, our internal voice. We all have a self-talk. It reveals sometimes that we forget who we belong to, whether we think we're not good enough on one hand or if we think we're fine leading ourselves and we're self-sufficient. And many of the psalmists actually address this self-talk by speaking to their own heart truths about who God is and what God has done. Friends, the safe and the flourishing sheep are the ones that follow his voice, the voice of the good shepherd. 
And like in any relationship, there's intimacy between the shepherd and the sheep because they spend a lot of time together. We need to position ourselves to be hearing the voice of our good shepherd. How about in our new post-COVID routines? Are we doing this? Are we spending time each day hearing from God's word? Are we spending time in prayer with him so our minds are renewed to be hearing the voice of the good shepherd rather than these other competing voices so we can follow him into the abundant pasture? But this is not just a call for us individually either. Notice the sheep are safer together. We're to encourage each other to be listening to the Good Shepherd together. That's why life group is so important as part of our worship lives. See, isolated sheep will get devoured. Maybe we are listening to his voice, but maybe our experience after the pandemic, after the last few years, we don't feel like we're living a life to the full. Maybe we feel like we're languishing. Well, friends, with Jesus, our Good Shepherd, The surrounding dangers of the courtyard don't immediately just go away. Living in this world, we will face them. However, if he is leading us, we can know safety and provision. We can experience care for our wounds, even in the valleys. See, the shepherd isn't in it for himself. And this is our good news. Maybe if you work in a school or in a hospital, you'll be aware of agency staff. These are like casual staff who are employed from external company. Let me be clear, literally schools and hospitals would shut down without them. However, it'd be fair to say they're maybe not as invested as those who are there every day because they're professional, but at the end of the day, they're just covering a shift. See, when there's a problem, it's usually the regular employees who step in and deal with things, not the agency staff. As I mentioned earlier, the shepherd would usually come from one of the families in the village. But if he was busy, maybe he had a date, a hired hand would be called up and he would replace him to do the shepherding job that day. But friends, the true test of the shepherd on shift is what he does when the predator comes. Facing these predators, Jesus shows the difference between what he does and what the hired hand does. See, with the hired hand, when the wolf comes onto the scene, exposes that he doesn't really care. He's not really committed to the sheep and he's in it for the money. He abandons the sheep, saves himself and leaves the sheep for dead. Just like the thieves and robbers, representing Israel's leaders, past and present, because they only cared about themselves. But look to verse 11 on the screen. Jesus says, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. Try and picture this. He's standing in the entrance of the enclosure with his five foot staff, fending off this lion or this wolf, not willing to sacrifice even one sheep to appease the predator. See, this is more than a footballer putting his body on the line for his team. This shepherd is willing to die for them. He's willing to face a brutal, violent, bloody death in the place of his sheep. See, as we hear about the courageous death of this good shepherd, we might think, what a terrible tragedy. 
We're used to hearing about terrible tragedies all around the world. But Jesus makes it clear here that he is no some mere victim of a tragedy or some human conspiracy here. While the shepherd's life was taken from him involving the actions of people, Jesus says this in verse 18, No one takes it from me, but I lay it down from my own accord. I have the authority to lay it down and the authority to take it up again. Jesus is completely in control as the good shepherd. He obediently and willingly lays his life down, the ultimate act of intimacy, love and care for his sheep. And that's what we are remembering this week, this holy week. We're remembering that Jesus, our good shepherd, lay his life down, showing his great love for us, dying on the cross in our place. But we know the good news is that the predator does not win. The tomb could not defeat this shepherd. And we see the father's intimate love for the world displayed as Jesus rises again, defeating sin, evil and death itself. See, just before this passage in John chapter 9, we see Jesus interacting with a blind boy. And he gives him sight both physically and spiritually. And we see him being the good shepherd, bringing the wounded sheep from the margins into the center of his fold. But the religious people, the Pharisees, they really do not like this. They do not like that he's claiming to be God and king. So Jesus' identity is on the line. You might remember back in Ezekiel 34 and Jeremiah 23, we saw that God would be the shepherd of his sheep of Israel. We also saw that he would raise up a king of David to be the good shepherd as well. This is a bit vague. Which one is the shepherd? Well, in John 10 here later, we see that the identity of this good shepherd is made clear where Jesus says, I and the Father are one. See, the shepherd's love for his sheep comes from the Father. In verses 14 and 15, Jesus says this intimate love and unity that he shares with the sheep comes from this love and unity he has from the Father. Think about this perfect, eternal, even mysterious love and unity that he shares in the Trinity between God the Father and God the Son, Jesus remarkably shares this intimacy with us, even right now. In Jesus, we are profoundly loved, even beyond understanding. If you've ever seen a new couple who's recently started dating and they're in love and they're in the honeymoon stage and they think they're experts on love and relationships, probably because they haven't had an argument. Yes, and they're giving advice to all the single people about what they should do. We notice that the love is all about them, right? Well, Jesus is saying this is not the point of his love for us. See, in verse 16, we see that there are other sheep, that there are other sheep. And this flourishing courtyard is not meant to be static, but growing being a unified church of both Jews and Gentiles, where new sheep for the, from the nations come and also hear his voice. See, as I close, the shepherd will grow his flock. 
See, this good shepherd's intimate love for us is not to be selfishly cared, kept for ourselves, but to be shared with the world. And as we are his flock, if we are listening to his voice, we will embrace these other sheep and amazing things will happen. See, following our good shepherd's voice, we're given a unity and love from our father that overcomes all racial and economic and social differences with those around us. And in our moment here, God is surrounding us with new suburbs, with new sheep from the nations in Doreen and Mernda and South Morang and Wallet and housing states grown beyond that. We have the nations here with sheep longing to encounter the love and intimacy of our Good Shepherd. Let's be listening to his voice and let us be following him. Let me pray. We thank you this holy week that you are our Good Shepherd. We thank you that you took on the predator of sin, evil, suffering in our place. And you defeated that predator and rising again, you call us to be your own. Help us to be listening to your voice. Help us to be following you into the promised land, into the land of safety and flourishing, and help us to be sharing this good news with others. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for joining us. If you'd like to subscribe to this podcast, you can do so in Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts from. Just search for St. John's Diamond Creek.